a box, you know, because mama told me to, and you obey mama. So I go out to the mailbox, get the mail, and when I come back in, there was an envelope from Southeastern Bible College at the time, now it's Southeastern University. And I opened it up, and in the thing it says, we want to let you know, you know, this paraphrase, but we want to let you know that the funds that you receive from the Pell Grant will cover your entire school year. So it's like, all right, I'm going to Bible college. And so this is what I've done with God because we have this understanding, you know. So I tell God, somebody has to call me. This was in April. May comes, no phone call. June comes, no phone call. July comes, here it comes, still no phone call. April, I mean August, so I'm thinking, all right, August is my birth month. Maybe he's waiting for my birthday. He's going to give it to me on my birthday. Y'all, I didn't get a phone call. Did not get a phone call. But at General Council, it was the first time in our fellowship's history that they did the commissioning service of our newly appointed missionaries. So Alex, my oldest son, and I, we were sitting there in the service, and they presented the missionaries. And Greg Mundus, our world missions director he's presenting the missionaries and he says these words he goes these missionaries that we present to you today have been affirmed and confirmed by god with an unwavering lifetime commitment and calling to the mission field and at that moment god said to me he goes carl that's what i said to you in 2000 when you were commissioned he goes i never took my hand off of you it's time to come back to the mission field and so, man, it's like, I'm excited because now I knew what we were supposed to do. It didn't come the way I wanted it to. So I go back and I call my wife. I says, Linda, I know what we've got to do. We're going to go be missionaries. She goes, good, where? So I go back to the drawing board. All right, God, wherever it is you want us to go, I need to get a phone call. Have one of the missionaries call us. We go through August. No phone call. We get through September. No phone call. But in a video meeting, God began to stir our hearts about Royal Rangers International. And so I think, is that one of my next pictures, Royal Rangers? That's during a snowstorm in, in Germany. And so it's, it's blizzard-like. Can, it, can you, you go back one? This one. So... So Royal Rangers International, we're in a, in a video conference with Royal Rangers International, and at the end of it, Linda looked at me and she goes, this is what we're supposed to be doing. We, we're supposed to be working with this ministry, helping boys and girls around the world. She goes, I know this is what we're supposed to do. I said, well, I'll call Doug on Monday, the, the director. So I called Doug on Monday and said, hey, here's what's going on in our heart. Do you see a place for us on your team? He says, Carl... God put you on my heart three months ago. I wanted to call you, but God wouldn't let me. Like, are you serious? So I said, I'm going to have to have a conversation with God. Because that, that wasn't the deal. And so he laid out for us, and I'm going to share the, the the things with you today that, that God shared with him and what God spoke into our hearts. So we ended up applying for missions. Three days later, 
on Facebook, I get a message from my very first Royal Ranger commander, Gary Johnson. And he, he goes, hey, Carl, can you give me a call? He goes, I, just, I need to talk to you. So I call him and say, hey, Commander Gary, how are you doing? You know, the, the normal little bit of conversation beforehand. And he goes, Carl, God put you on my heart three months ago. He goes, I have been wanting to call you, but God wouldn't let me. Do you know how much stress and worry could have been dealt with three months earlier if God had just let those people call me like we had originally agreed to? You know what I'm saying? And so, and he laid it out too. He goes, what is going on with missions, Royal Rangers, and DGNC? He goes, God's showing me that, that something's happening and that he, he's, he's calling you back to the field. And we just broke, my wife and I, and just began to cry. Because God confirmed it, not once, but he confirmed it twice, of what he was sending us to do. And so with joy, we, we were accepted, we were reappointed last March, but we get to itinerate during this thing called COVID. Boy, that's fun. That's a whole lot of fun. And so, but God's been faithful. He's called us to make a difference in the world. And so what I want to do is I just want to share a little bit about Royal Rangers International. Royal Rangers International is the fastest growing children and youth discipleship ministry in the world. We have usually about two to three new countries each month calling us, asking us to come in and start this ministry. Uh, Royal Rangers is very much, um, has some similarities to Boy Scouts, but we are very Bible-focused, uh, focused on mentoring uh, young people to live a lifelong relationship with Christ and, and make a difference in their community. The new president of the uh, nation of Malawi is a Royal Ranger, uh, grew up in Royal Rangers in Malawi. Uh, and so it's about reaching children and teenagers. Here in the States, Royal Rangers is a, is a boys' ministry, but overseas, it's boys and girls. The girls have uh, female leaders. But do you know that girls can sometimes throw hawks and knives better than some boys? Yeah. And you know some of those ladies, man, they can, they can shoot a black powder pretty good too. You know, and so, so the girls are involved in that. They love camping. They can lash faster than some of our boys. And so they're involved and they're growing. They're learning God's word. This picture here is from 2004. It is the uh, German national uh, camp called the Bundeskamp. Uh, 15,000 uh, boys and girls and teenagers from around Germany came for this event to be encouraged and worship God. Uh, the following pictures uh, are from four other areas that we're involved in. The top left is Asia Pacific. That's uh, in the Philippines. That picture was taken. If we could go back. Sorry. And so up in the top, that's from Poland. Uh, bottom left is Africa. And then the bottom right is uh, Latin America. We are in every area of the world. Our strongest presence is in Europe. Um, and it, this is all about mentoring and lifting up boys and girls to live a lifelong relationship with Christ. Now, one of the areas that, that, we get, that we're called to um, let's see if I can get, let's see, 
Can I have you young lady come here and help me? Now, let's go to BGMC. How many of you know what BGMC is? Bug guts make cute. Would you eat bug guts to be cute? She's like, I'm already cute. I don't need bug guts. But it's Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge. All right, so you're going to help me out here with something. Okay, all right. So go ahead and pull that out for me. All right. You can open that up. So now you can change it to the map. So Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge. So if you want, show everybody the map. All right. So what do you see on that map? The world. All right. And what's coming out of the United States? Arrows. 1949. See if you knew this. 1949, BGMC was created. Did you know that? Did you know that the first offering that BGMC took was $1,000? Did you know that the $1,000 was used to purchase Sunday school material to be shipped over in a wooden barrel? Did you know that? No? Man, you're getting educated today. You're getting smarter. And, and so here's what it was. It was helping boys and girls in 1949 understand that they can make a difference in the world because our missionaries needed this help, okay? And here's what it says in Matthew 28, 19, all right? Maybe many of you know this. It says, go therefore, the United States, into all the world. Is that what it says? No. And so what's happened is, for a while, we have the mentality there are those that think that America is the one that is supposed to go out and make the difference. Were we specifically called to be the ones that are to be the world's evangelists? No. Okay? So, here in the States, we have Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge. It is our ministry's uh, focus for boys and girls to, to hear that they are to give, to pray, and to go that they have a place to, to do. All right, so fold that up, back up for me, okay? So what God has called Linda and I to do, which is pretty cool, he had, God has called us that we are to go and to help boys and girls overseas because there's not BGMCs not overseas. Do you know why there's not BGMC overseas? Buddy Barrel can't get a passport. And the reason Buddy Barrel can't get a passport is because he can't get the vaccination. You know why he can't get a vaccination? Because he's a barrel if he got tipped over all the vaccination was for him. It just, it just wouldn't work. He would say he got it, but they would say, give us proof. He, he wouldn't have proof because it wouldn't be in his system anymore. So we're going to be going and doing something totally different. So what if we changed our mindset? Go ahead and pull it back out. Our mindset and thinking that, you know what, it's not just America that needs to reach the world. Go ahead and open the map. What's happened? What? How's it different? This is the same one you just put in. What do you see? Whoa, what'd you do to my map? So what would happen if BGMC, this missions education ministry, was translated around the world. 
What if it was children in Cambodia come to know that they could pray, give, and go? Children in Argentina, kids in Germany, that they understood that they can make a life-changing difference in people's lives. Last year, BGMC gave $7.4 million to help our missionaries. Okay? But see, that doesn't go very far when you have 3,200 missionaries and multiple organizations that are vying for those funds to build wells, to build churches, to build orphanages. And so what would happen if all of these nations and kids discovered that their pennies, nickels, and dimes can make a difference? So we get the joy of going overseas and creating a missions education ministry that will be connected to Royal Rangers because it's in 93 nations. So you can go ahead and fold that back up. And thank you so much. I do appreciate it. Thank you. Have your seat. Hey, come back by and see me at the table. I'll give you a bracelet. Now, the, the other thing that we get to do is that I love is I get to take an organized missions trip uh, of boys and girls that are as young as 10 years old to take them on the mission field. Uh, going on a missions trip changes your life. It, it will open your eyes to see the need. Yeah, on, while you're on a mission trip, it makes a difference in the lives of those that you're ministering to, but the biggest impact is in your life. I've taken kids as young as 10 years old to the Dominican Republic twice. I've taken kids as young as 10 years old, actually an eight-year-old, uh, on one of our mission trips to the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. And these kids that went on them, God is using them in our church they're using them in their schools and making a difference in the community where they live. And so the other thing that we get to do, so you can go ahead and change that. Um, we're going to be calling the ministry overseas right now just World Challenge uh, because we're going to be in 93 countries, multiple languages, so we could really use your prayer and guidance for that. Our next one is the, the thing that I really want to talk to you about today. It's called the Faith at Home Initiative. I need a mom and a dad who have kids. Where's the mom and dad? Where's the husband and wife? If you don't get volunteered, your pastor's going to volunteer you. Is there a husband and wife sitting next to each other, or are you guys on the opposite side of church? There, all right, I see, a, I see a husband raising his hand back there. He, he acted like, oh, I'm just stretching. But hey, yeah, me and my wife, we are my wife. Yeah, y'all come on up here real quick. No, seriously, hurry up. We, we only have like 18 minutes. So, I mean, since we're waiting on them, how was Thanksgiving for y'all? You got all your Christmas shopping done? Man, y'all are slow. Did y'all learn that from your kids? Oh, really? I'm, I'm messing with you. I'm Carl. How are you? Dan? Ken. Ken. Uh, Dan's for me today. Hi, Liz. Ken and Liz. Ken and Liz. All right. Now, if you had said Barbie, that would have been pretty interesting. So, y'all guys, come over here. Come over here. So, I have something for you guys. You know what? Why don't we switch? Y'all come over here, right? So, I have something for you guys, and um, but you have to share. 
you have to share it with your kids. How many kids do you guys have? Just one kid. Oh, you guys are lucky. Do y'all need more kids? <laughs> because I bet you there's some families here that would be willing to give you some more. Um, so, all right. So, But you have to share this, okay? All right? So, let's see here. All right. All right, here we go. Here we go. All right. Give me the Bible. So you have to what? Yeah, you have to share it. All right? So you have to share it with your wife. And what's your son's name? Caleb. I have a Caleb. That's, that's my son's name. Um, so you have to share this. All right? How long do you think that tiny piece, just show everybody the size of this thing, okay? How long do you think that that will last the three of you? Not long? How many of you ever saw the Elvis movie, um, Follow That Dream? You remember when uh, they're in the car and the two twins are in the back seat and they break the candy bar? What did the one twin do? Now it's even. You remember that? So that would be dad. <laughs> now it's even. Um, so how long do you think, seriously, how long do you think that would last for you guys? Could you, could you see you getting yourselves a week out of that? You don't think you could do it? Day. Do you even like chocolate? Oh, it would all go to her. Uh, so you wouldn't share it with Caleb. Y'all are not helping my object lesson. No, no, it actually, it, it, it does help. It does help. And so, all right, so you would say that this is not going to, it wouldn't sustain you guys for a week. It probably really wouldn't even past a minute you know what i'm saying you know all right so you can you can keep that or you can trade it in you want to trade it in okay all right so this one here okay all right there we go all right and so here why don't you step over here i don't know why he's hiding you oh is that what it is all right, so now you've got a, a regular-sized Hershey's chocolate bar, okay? All right, so now for the three of you, how long will that last? Day and a half. How many of y'all out there think that would last a day and a half? Let me tell you what, ever since I've started doing this object lesson, every night I have a chocolate bar. <laughs> And it's gone within probably less than 10 minutes. I don't know how you could, could extend that thing out for, for what you just said. I don't even, I, it just, I'm blown. What did you say? A day and a half? Whew. All right. It definitely won't last a week. No way. But you think a day and a half. Um, I don't think it would. Um, you can keep that for your day and a half enjoyment, or would you like to trade that in? You want to trade it in? Okay. All right. A pound of hardiness right there. Okay. So, so we, we, we realize that this barely 
30 seconds. Uh, you know, yeah, maybe. Okay. Pound. So, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, and think of what it would do to, you know, that time down the hall. You know, y'all know what I mean? I'm talking about going to the bathroom, y'all. I mean, it's a pound of chocolate. What was this? A day and a half to yes. half a day. <laughs> Wowzers. So, but in all reality, we're, we're, probably, we're probably thinking a couple of days, right? You know, because, I mean, you don't want to hurt your tummy and you don't want to mess up your figure, right? Some of us, right, Pastor, we've already, it's our figure's gone. And so, but with this, the three of you could enjoy it quite a bit longer, right? Okay. Um, but would you like to have something that could give you longer enjoyment? That would be far more enjoyable, knowing that, hey, when I get up next week, I, I get to look forward to something else. Or, or do you want to be content with that? That's, <laughs> that's not how it works. Sure. Yeah, you want to? You would like to see? Sure. All right. Three pounds of pure Hershey's chocolate deliciousness. Now, if you say a half a day something's wrong, you're going to end up in the hospital. Speaking of dog eating it, I actually had a five-pound bar. I left it on the kitchen table. And I had a feeling, I, I, so I called my son, I said, Caleb, I need you to go home and make sure that the dogs were okay, the cat, the dog and the cat, that they didn't get out. So he gets there, he goes, uh, Dad, did you know that uh, you left the chocolate bar out? It's like, yeah, I left it on the table. He goes, oh, it's in the living room. Uh, and Ollie ate it. It's like, what? It's like, because I'm thinking dog chocolate, not good. Five pounds, definitely not good. So he sent me a picture, and that rascal had gnawed on the two corners. And so I broke those off, and now they're in a container. So I'm eating a lot of chocolate every day. Um, so, but yeah, so five pounds, all right? So what do you think this three-pound chocolate bar, how, how long do you think it could last out? Thank you, Miss Rational. A month. I mean, because think about it, it's, it's, it's a lot thicker, it's a lot larger, okay? Now, here's, why, here's the purpose of, of this whole thing that I want us to understand, especially when it comes in relationship to the Faith at Home initiative. We can, with this, let's, let's pretend this is us raising our family in God's word, making sure that we have family devotion with our kids, and that we're praying over our children, that we're leading our children to have their own prayer time and reading, having their own devotions with the Lord. We're making sure that it's not just 
a one-time-a-week thing where we just go to church once a week. Because, well, one time a week, work in your life to make sure that you make yourself, you're able to make it to heaven. Depending on that one time a week, will it reinforce in your kids or in your life the power of God and what God wants for you? Because the Bible says that we're to pick up our cross daily. You know, and we've already decided this thing's gone in 30 seconds. So we need more. So here's the question. This representing family time in God's word, family at church, uh, representing that when Caleb gets older, he's involved in children's church, and when he gets older, he's involved in youth group. Uh, the two of you, you know, you're praying over your, your, your little boy. You guys are, are praying together uh, God's word is, is centered of your home. You're, you're raising your son to know that God's got a purpose and a plan for his life. And church, God's word, prayer is a central part of your life. Okay? All right? So you have that. Or if you want, you can just trade that in for this. You know, because some people are saying that's, that's just too much work. That, that's too much work. Or you can just come back to this and just say, hey, we're going to go to church on Sunday morning, and be involved in ministry somehow. But that, that's the extent, because we've got baseball, and we've got soccer, we've got. So would you want your child to have that kind of relationship with God or this kind of relationship with God? You want to stick with that one, okay? Uh, or, you know what, do you want to just go and, hey, we're going to have, you know, we'll go to church and we'll have a short devotion. Which is going to be the one that, you know is going to help see your child live a faithful life and commitment to Christ? Will it be this or will it be that? That one. That's what the Faith of Home Initiative is. Because right now, a lot of our parents, they're depending on the church to be the spiritual leader and investor in the child's life. And it's not the church's number one responsibility. It's moms and dads. Moms and dads need to be the one that are putting into their children's lives instilling into them God's word, teaching them God's word. And so I love you guys, and I appreciate y'all, um, but I need my three-pound chocolate bar back. Uh, that five-pounder is broken up, and so so you guys enjoy that. Uh, make sure you save a little bit for Caleb down the road. And so, but thank you guys. <laughs> exactly. So the purpose of the Faith at Home Initiative is based in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6 gives us a clear thing of what we need to do as parents. And we want to go around the world into these 93 nations, connecting with churches, connecting with the outposts, connecting with families, doing seminars and sessions in these churches to, to show the body of Christ this important thing that's found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. If we would, go ahead and change it. Here's what the Bible says. These are Moses' words. The commandments I give you today must be in your heart. Make sure that your children learn them. Talk about them over and over when you're at home and when you're sitting around the table. Talk about them when you walk along the road and out for a hike. Speak about them when you go to bed and speak about them when you get up in the morning. 
God, Noah is commanding the, the, the body. You need to talk about God's commandments. You need to instill these values and beliefs and ways of living into your children. Not just one day a week. When is it saying? When you're sitting at home, when you're at the table, when you're out for a walk, talk about God's love, God's mercy. Talk about God's commandments. Now, how many of you remember the original two commandments that God gave us? In the book of Genesis, there in the first couple of chapters, there were two. It was roll over the earth, you know, roll over, all right, and then be fruitful and multiply. Anybody say amen to that? Glory. All right, two things. But those two things were too difficult. We couldn't understand it. So what did, um, I'm sorry, there were three. It was don't eat of the fruit in the middle of the tree. Okay. Um, they're just like, man, we can't do it. This is just too hard. And so what do they do? They eat of the tree, all right? And then later on, we get the Ten Commandments because we couldn't understand the first three. So he gives us ten more. And then for some reason, those early on people that we love and we, ad- we admire and we're thankful for because they bring us God's word, they couldn't handle the ten, so God gave them over 600 laws. But yet, Mo- Noah, I mean Moses here, Moses speaks something very clearly to us about the commands that we need to make sure that we instill into our kids' lives. That we need to talk about when we're, when we're at the table, when we're out for a walk. And here's what it is. Let's go ahead and change it. Let's give us that verse there in Deuteronomy. This is in chapter, uh, verse 4. It says, Israel, listen to me, the Lord our God. The Lord is the one and only God. Here they are. You need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and love him with all of your strength. These are the three things. And then you're saying, well, why are those three things? Why, why, is, why is that the most important? Because here's what Jesus said. Change it. All right? So Jesus said the first is the most important, and here's the second that's just as important. Change the verse. In Matthew 22, Jesus was asked, he goes, Lord, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said this, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and love him with your mind. Did did you just see what Deuteronomy said, what Moses said? Okay. This is the first and most important commandment. The first and most important commandment, to love God with your heart, your soul, your mind. He goes, the second is likened to it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Everything that is written in the law and in the prophets is based on these two commandments. If we learn to focus on those three things, the four things there, love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and love others, we can make a great difference in the world. It's not about hair length. It's not about body piercings. It's not about tattoos. It's not about boots. It's not about, well, it's about loving God. And if we love God and we teach our kids to love God, they will teach their kids to love God. That's what the Faith at Home Initiative is about, is to equip moms and dads with God's word to see their children. How many of you want what's best for your kids? 
grandparents, how many of you want what's best for your grandchildren? Aunts and uncles, how many of you want what's best for your nieces and your nephews? Older siblings, how many of you want what's best for your younger siblings? We have to live the life in front of them and speak it into them. And then they will walk that way. The Bible tells us in Proverbs to train up a child in the way that they should go. When they grow old, they won't depart from it. If we instill into our kids God's word, they will live. Yeah, sometimes they they turn away for a little bit. But God's word, he says, God says, my words which go forth from my mouth, they will not return void without accomplishing what I sent them to do. God's got a purpose and a plan for all of our kids. And so we want to equip moms, because not, the Bible's not translated in every language around the world. Not everybody around the world has a copy of God's word. And so we're going to go and we want to encourage and equip and empower moms and dads. So I want to finish with this. Um, we can just leave it there. Because we're at a time of celebration of Jesus' birth. Christmas is coming, and we know that, according to Scripture, Jesus received three gifts. Uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We know that each of those things had a place and utilized in, in Christ's life, uh, representation of who he was and royalty, um, utilized upon his body at burial, and myrrh and frankincense. Um, and so we have to understand that gifts are to be used to make a difference. And so... I want us to look at Psalm 23 because there's three items in Psalm 23 that we as parents need to receive in our lives to be able to help our children, okay? And let's read this in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of, of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There are three things that were mentioned here that a shepherd needs to have. And these are things today that I want to pray that God would gift you with, that you would have these available to you to use to make a difference in your kids' lives. All right? So in verse... In verse 4, it says, Your rod, your staff, okay? Now, 
This represents our rod. Okay. How many of you um, would say, you know what? I've been, I was, I was popped on the rear end many a times with a rod growing up. You know. Uh, how many of y'all always, even to this day, when you hear that sound of your belt going, <laughs> it gives you a little bit of tingle up your spine. You know. Okay. Um, the one for me is when I'm out walking in the woods and I hear limbs hitting each other because my dad would always come home and he would go, go out and get a twig off the oak tree. And it's like, whoo. And uh, he goes, it better not be a, a twig that breaks because if it breaks, I'm going to get a limb. And so, but a lot of times we, we think about the, where it says, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child, that old saying. But a shepherd's rod's purpose is not for discipline. The shepherd's rod was used for protection and defense. The shepherd would use it if he saw uh, an animal coming, the shepherd would, would pull out his rod and he would go fight the animal. You know, David, the Bible says he killed lion and a bear. You know, he used the rod to protect his sheep. And that's God's word. God's word is to protect our children. You should pray scripture over your kids. Speak scripture into their lives. Remember what Moses said? He says, when you're sitting down, talk about God's word. Speak protection upon your kids. God's word will protect. Now, what did Jesus use when he was in the wilderness to defend himself against the attacks of the enemy? God's word. God's word should never be used to attack. God's word should never be used to belittle or to put somebody in their place. God's word is a rod of protection. And so that's what we need to do as parents, and that's what we want to instill into parents around the world and a gift for you from God's word that you would use the rod to protect your kids. When your kids come home from school and they're discouraged and they said that they were harassed or picked on or, or there's a difficulty in their lives, you can go to God's word and begin to pray over them for protection. That God would lose his angels to watch over your kids. So use the rod to protect your children. That, God, that your kids would know God's word that when they're being harassed, and when the devil and people are saying, you're worthless, you're no good, you're pathetic. But they can remember, hold on a second. The Bible says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh-uh-uh. The Bible says, I want a mistake. The Bible says that before I was formed, God knew me. You're saying that I don't have a purpose? Come on, man. The Bible says that I am God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Let the rod, God's protection, be a part of your life that you're instilling into your kids so your kids can stand up. The other thing there in verse 4 um, that, that's important that we have, so we have the rod, I mean, uh, we have the, the rod, and then the Bible also says that we have 
the, the staff, all right? So we have the staff, and the staff's purpose, I remember growing up, uh, my Royal Ranger commander had a staff, and he would use it to whack us on the head when we were getting out of line, okay? Um, he would use it to, to nudge us. If we were being silly, he would cack us on the back of the calf, um, you know. So, but that's not the purpose of the staff. How many of you guys love comedy routines, and you remember those from the old movies? What did they use the staff for on, uh, the, in the old shows? When, when the person on stage got talky too much, like I'm doing right now, um, they would pull them off stage, okay? Um, but the purpose of the staff is not to whack your kids on the head. It wasn't the shepherd's purpose to uh, yank his sheep around and force them to follow him. The purpose of the staff was for guidance and direction. The Bible says that the shepherd, he would go out with his staff, and he, if he saw a sheep begin to go off the path, he would reach over and just nudge them back into line. Because where does the Bible say that we should walk? We should walk on the straight path. And when we walk that path, there are times that we need a light. But it's to walk the path. Not to go off on some fringe, not to go off here or there, but to stay in line with God's word. You know, there are times that we wander off. How many of you in here have said that at some point in my Christian walk, I sort of veered off a little bit? We would all have to say we did. But what happens? The Holy Spirit nudges us back in. He doesn't jerk us back. He nudges us back. The other thing that's really cool about the shepherd's staff is that most, I haven't, I'm not the greatest magician uh, because I can't make this a crook on the staff like shepherds have. Because the shepherd would use it if a sheep fell off the side of a ravine, the shepherd was, would be able to hook the sheep and bring it back to safety. If a sheep went into the water, uh, which they shouldn't do because they get all that water in their wool and they would drown, the shepherd would be able to reach out with his hooked staff and pull it into safety. For us as parents, we need to guide and direct our kids with God's word. The Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Well, how are they going to know the way unless we're directing them and guiding them? So moms and dads, you need to be equipped with the staff to lead your children. And we want to see this happen in the lives of children overseas. This last one, if the worship team can come back up, this is the most important one. Because the third thing is if you go down into verse 5, it says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. You see, the shepherd loves his sheep. He will defend them. He will protect them. He will guide them. He will bring them back into safety. He will bring them back to the fold. But the one thing the shepherd does every morning before he let the sheep out of the pen and, and being led into the green pastures and next to the still waters, the Bible says that the shepherd anoints his sheep's head with oil. 
So the shepherd, he would get down, open the gate, and he would call one of his sheep. Let's say the sheep's Gertrude. Come here, Gertrude. You're such a cute little sheep, Gertrude. Look at your little ears. And so he would call Gertrude over, and he would pour the oil on top of Gertrude's head. And that oil would run down, and he would begin to rub that oil, and he would have a conversation with that sheep. He would say, you are beautiful. You are gorgeous. You, you are amazing. God created you. And he would talk to his sheep because the sheep needed to get to know his voice. You see, the Bible says that Jesus said, the sheep know my voice, a stranger's voice they won't follow. How else is a sheep going to learn the voice unless there's a connection? But the other reason that the shepherd would be down in Gertrude's face and rubbing the oil on her head and making sure, he would make sure that the oil would get on her ears and around her eyes and around her nose and lips because they're very fleshy. And so bugs like to eat on the sheep's ears. They like to eat on the, the flesh around the eyes and the nose. Bugs would get up in the, in the nasal passages because if those things happen and there's bugs flying around the sheep, do you think that sheep is going to be able to hear the shepherd? How many of you can sleep at night with a mosquito buzzing around in your room? How many of you can get work done in your house, I mean, in your office when there's a fly? How many of you can go to bed at night when there's a, a watch that's ticking louder than anything else in the house? That happened to me. I searched my house for 30 minutes one time because all I heard was the ticking of a watch. Drove me nuts. And all it was was my, my watch was upside down in a crystal bowl. That thing was being amplified. But when it comes to mosquitoes and flies, I'm going to kill those demons. You know what I'm saying? Because I want to sleep. So what happens is the sheep's ears are covered in oil and flies and the gnats, they can't get a stronghold and they can't cause a distraction. So that way the sheep can hear the shepherd's voice. The shepherd made sure that the oil was around the eyes so that way the gnats and the flies couldn't get a stronghold and, and latch on to the flesh and hinder their sight. So that way they could see the shepherd. This one's a little gross. But he would make sure that oil was on the nose and inside of the nose because flies would try to land in there and lay eggs. And when they lay, those things begin to grow and hatch and burrow in it. And the sheep, literally, they would run into trees because their hooves can't get up their noses like our fingers can. And so they would just run into a tree anytime, kill themselves. You see, what we need to have is a fresh sense of God's word and presence in our lives. So moms and dads, we need to daily anoint our children's heads with oil. We need to pray over them. We need to speak into their lives godly things and encouraging things 
Let them know that God's got a purpose and a plan for them, that they're fearfully and wonderfully made. Because if we don't, all they're going to hear are the things that the world is trying to lead them to. The world is trying to distract them. The world doesn't want what's best for your kids. It doesn't want what's best for you. It wants them to get caught up in materialism. It wants them to get caught up in, 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 in the garbage of the world. But when we cover our kids in the oil of Christ, our kids won't have the distractions. But who needs to do this? Mom and dad. Grandma, grandpa, when they're with you, aunt and uncle. We need to instill into them the presence of God. That's what the Faith at Home initiative is about, is to be able to equip and resource moms and dads to know how to utilize God's Word. How many of you wish you had a manual for the children when, you, when your children were born? I have three boys. They're all different. I, I mean, they, the one... He can argue his way out of a locked room. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he, I've told him, it's like, dude, you should have been a lawyer. He would do something wrong, and we would put down punishment, and then he would sit down, and he would argue his case before us. At the end of his presentation, Alex, you're absolutely right. Because he would bring back, well, Dad, you said this. Dad, the Bible says that. It's like, come on. But then Caleb, our middle son, man, he he was, if he does something wrong, you just look at him. He breaks down. Alex, you might as well take a tree and drop it on him for discipline. But then there's Joey, my youngest son. Easiest child I've ever raised. We, we call him the perfect one. It's because I raised him. I was his primary caregiver. Because we were in Germany, Linda and I had to switch roles because I didn't know German. But Joey was a, a joy to raise. Alex? Caleb? But Joey? Absolutely awesome. Primary caregiver. Okay? But what we do have that's common across the board, if your kid's ornery, if your kid is a pain in the tushy, if your kid is sensitive, if your kid is gentle, if your kid is rowdy, if your kid is lively, God's word make a difference. But it has to be a part of your home has to be a part of your life. So how I want to close today, 14 minutes after I told Pastor I would be done, is I want to pray over you today. So if you're a mom and dad in this room, I ask you to stand because I want to pray over you, moms and dads that have children in homes. If you're a grandma or a grandpa, I'd like for you to stand. If you're an aunt or an uncle, 
I would like for you to stand if you have nieces and nephews. If you're an older sibling, I'd like for you to stand. If you have friends that have children, I want you to stand. If you've ever been around a child, I want you to stand. So I was at a church the other day, and this guy, he was just, he just, I mean, I mean I'm just, I'm making up stuff. And he just keeps sitting. Dude. He goes, I had surgery on my knee last week. I can't stand. It's like, okay. So, y'all know how bad I felt? So, I said, but you're standing in your heart. He goes, yeah, I am. I said, all right, that works. You that are sitting and standing in your heart, um, there are children and teenagers that are watching you. You say, you know what, I'm not a role model, but you are. They watch everything you do. And then on top of that, guess what? They hear everything you say. And here's an example. We were probably at the church three years, and Pastor Kevin and Robin, they got Linda and I after church, and they said, hey, we need to talk to you. I said, okay. So they bring us into their office, and they say, are you guys doing okay? It's like, yeah, we're, we're good. Is there any problems at home? No, no, there's no issues at home. He goes, are you guys doing okay financially? Are you guys making ends meet? like, yeah, we're, we're doing good. I mean, I'm a children's pastor. Come on. I mean, I make the big bucks. And he goes, well, today in, in Sunday school class, Caleb gave a prayer request. And Caleb's prayer request was, I pray that God would give mom and dad money so we could eat. I was like, what? She goes, yeah. He goes, Caleb, that's, he prays, man. It's like that kid. We we were talking. Linda and I were in our room getting dressed, and we were talking about going out for lunch. And all I said to Linda was like, Linda, we just we don't have the money to eat today to go out to eat. That was so. Joey, I mean, Caleb is thinking we ain't got money for food because he wanted to go out to eat. So kids hear everything you say. They hear what you say when you hit your thumb with a hammer. They hear what you say when you're in an argument with your spouse. But they also hear you when you're on your knees seeking God and asking God for strength and forgiveness. They watch you in the hallways and the foyer of this church. They watch how you are with your family. You can be as the parents of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, whose parents instilled into them God's word. But yet those four boys were taken from their parents at a very young age. And they stayed faithful over 60 years in a culture that was anti-God. And they only had each other. Or... You can be the parent that raises 
one of the 40 boys who mocked and ridiculed the man of God. He said, go up, you bald head. But we're in a few moments devoured by two female bears. Do you want your kids to succeed or do you want your kids to be torn down? So my prayer for you today is that God will strengthen you and equip you with the rod, the staff, and the oil to make a lifelong difference in the lives of your children and that it makes a difference in your life as well. Father, thank you for your people today. Lord Jesus, you are that gift that helps us have a relationship with the Father. You are the word. You are the way, the truth, and the life. You are the three in one. You are the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You are the oil that anoints our head and strengthens us. Your word will guide us, direct us, and lead us into all truth. Father, I pray for moms and dads today, grandmas, grandpas, aunts, uncles, older siblings, people that interacted with kids, people that know kids, that Ravenna Assembly, Lord God, will be a place where from here, Lord God, there will be a generation and generations to come that will be faithful followers of Christ and that will live a lifelong relationship with you and that they will pass it down to the generations to come. Father, don't let discouragement come upon parents when they mess up or do something, Lord. Strengthen them, forgive them, and help them to be faithful to you. Because, Lord, let their words be a blessing and not a curse. For when they stand in your presence, Lord God, look at them and say, well done, you good and faithful servant. You led your children into a relationship with me. So Father, bless Ravenna. Let them have an awesome holiday, an awesome Christmas, and give them a new year, Lord God, that will surpass all that has ever been done through this church. We ask it in your name, Jesus. Amen. So I want to ask if you would, at the end of service, I've got a, a mission table in the back. I'd love for you to come by and pick up a, a prayer card. I also have a piece of candy from Korea and also a prayer a bracelet from you that was made by children in, in Guatemala. But then the last thing I ask is that you remember my wife and I in your prayers. Uh, COVID uh, is still affecting us in our fundraising and our budget raising. Uh, we're at 60% of our monthly and we still have $14,000 to raise. Um, this is something that I know, I know, is that God called my wife and I to be missionaries. And I also know that God's word never fails. When he says it, he's going to do it. So be believing with us, and we would love for you guys to, to help us get to the field. But remember us in prayer. That's key. So thank you, Pastor. I'm not sure if you're coming back up or if I should just kick everybody out of church. So also, don't come asking me for any of my three-pound chocolate bars. 
So is that my chocolate bar that I got to use again in another church? So, Pastor, thank you. so much. You know, it I don't I don't I don't pull back from telling people how it changed me as a father to pay to pray for my kids and to pray for my grandkids. Does that mean your kids will turn out perfect? Great. Wonderful. But I can tell you that. Don't. Hello? 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 There we are. Could you turn me up just a hair? sorry, but I just, I keep thinking of the condition of our country and that families are a mess. The condition of families are a direct result of the condition of the church. Yeah. Turn, turn, uh, unmute, unmute. like if parents had raised their kids to know God's word to understand that we need to love one another that we need to respect other people's property that we need to respect those in authority would we have had those riots last year if God's people and moms and dads had raised their children right way. Our nation would have been totally different. And it does, it falls back on our parents and what our parents do. And what our parents don't do. You know, how many, how many know that church is boring? Not today. <laughs> Not today right? how, how many know as parents our kids really want to come to church. How many have forgotten we're still the parents? That doesn't mean that we rule over them, but that we lead them. We guide them. We encourage them. You know, my parents, they were pushers. in my day, we had, remember when we had two-week revivals? 
every night for two weeks. You would go. I mean, oh, my goodness. What, here, here's what I'm saying. And I'm going to stop because th this is a touching thing. I know my, 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 my grandkids come under other influences. They're impacted left and right. I, I know my, my kids growing up had influences. And influences create belief systems. That's why I'm determined in my own heart to be, whether it's my kids, even though they're adults, or my grandkids, to be one of the biggest influences in their lives that I can possibly be. To create from that influence a belief system. I want them to know the Word of God. I want them to know how it is to pray. I want them to be able to go after God. More than that, I want God to be real in their lives. Okay, here's where we're at. Grandparent, if you're a parent, would you just mind stepping out for a minute right here and, and just joining up front here? I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm just, I'm going to take a couple minutes to do this. We all got to be someplace. Your parent, your grandparent, I don't care if your kids are, are 52, okay? Come on down. Hiding Gabe, don't worry about that back there. Come on down. It'll, it'll do its own thing. Come on, step forward a little bit. There's others coming behind you. Here, how old your kids are. Our kids are hurting. Grandkids are hurting. I look around today and I realize how deluded the Word of God has become watered down the message has been I'm not talking about bondage, I'm not talking about rules I'm talking about presence, I'm talking about relationship kids are hurting and I'll tell you the biggest thing to just name your kids, your grandkids before God? Would you begin to lift them up? Would you ask God 
strength of that word. The love on that speak into their lives to guard them to protect them to prosper them increase them become wisdom understanding and knowledge to them God you would right now stir their hearts in ways they've never hungered for you they've never looked to you before right now God children need you. Yeah, grandchildren are desperate for you. God, our, our children need hope in their marriages, in their homes, in their jobs, in their schools. There's so many things in this world that are coming down upon them from the politics to the wars, to the pandemics, to the illnesses, to the culture and the mentality. Lord, sin don't even bother the church anymore, but I pray God raise up a heart of conviction in our kids. Raise up a love as they've never known for you. Pour out your spirit upon them. Revive them. Lift them up. Let them be strengthened. Let them know your touch. Lord, as we right now in our own spirits declare your anointing over them. The anointing on their ears. Renew their minds. Restore their spirits. Speak peace into their hearts and lives. May they know their God, their Lord, and their King. In Jesus' name, say it with me. In Jesus' name. I'll say it again. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Thank you for leading me to that source. I love this illustration. This is powerful. That this is what changes our families, changes our culture. It'll change your country. That's why we can't settle. We can't back down. You know, the, I've heard him say it before. I heard him say it before. There's nothing you can take to heaven, right? When you die, everything you've got, I'm taking it with you. But I repute that. I say false. There's something you can take to heaven with you. Your family. Your family. 
God gave us a lot for our families. I want you to know these altars are open. If you want to find time for prayer, we can talk more. We're here to pray with you. If you're carrying a burden on your heart for your family, this morning's the time. I mean, he's calling you there. I'm not going to hold you up any longer, but I just want to say, don't walk out of here with that small little bar. It's time to walk out under the leading and guiding of everything he's got for us. Amen. So Lord, bless them, keep them, encourage them, strengthen them, lift them up, speak into their hearts and lives, give them direction. Give them understanding, wisdom. God, let them train up the child in the way that they should go so that when they do become old, they will not depart from it. We don't always see it all at one time, God. I understand that, but I do know, I do know that you're faithful. And when they grow old, your word is true. So I pray, bless. Open up eyes of understanding. Let us speak. Let us minister, let us love from our hearts, let us guide, let us direct, bless them, Lord, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen, can you give God praise one more time?